I wake up in the morning and I know I'm going to meet three, five people, brand new people that day that could be from anywhere in the world that could have the most amazing story, right? I'm going to get to meet that person and get paid to do that. If I find anything new about a person or where they're from, I write it down. Chances are I'll probably meet someone from that same place. I can remember it and bring it up. Everyone's got cool stories, you know, open up, tell them about you as a person, tell them about a cool experience that you had. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your hosts, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you again, and this time, the Beatles are coming. That's right. We have the British Invasion happening today. It's not quite the Beatles, but it's real close to that with Joey Abedini. He's going to be joining us today as the number two overall electrician last year in the Mr. Sparky Network. And we're really excited to talk to him about what he's doing that makes him so successful and all the experiences that he has in his life. But before we do that, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about things ourselves, and we're going to look to Brian for our quote. Successful people are always looking for opportunities to help others. Unsuccessful people are always asking, what's in it for me? Brian Tracy. I like that. Unsuccessful people. What's in it for me? Yeah, it, it, oftentimes those people can be financially successful, but not necessarily successful as in like somebody you want to spend a lot of time with, you know? Right. Yeah. It's a poison. I mean, that's, that's a poison that uh, turns people off. Yep. Takers. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about uh, what our audience can do for us. <laughs> <laughs> Move right to the reviews now, or you want to cover that in a minute? <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I'm, we're going to have a great conversation with Joey today, and he is the opposite of that. He is all about servanthood and about, you know, just getting to know people, very personable and, you know, nobody you would look at and say, there's a guy who's just looking for something for himself. Right. He's, uh, you know, I, I, I will probably talk with him about this, but I had asked him, he came up to me at the authority brands convention and just said, he's a fan of the show. And we were talking about, you know, that, that we do the podcast right out of the office here and that we have the, uh, number one and number three most successful uh, in terms of sales revenue uh, electrical advisors and all of Mr. Sparky and Logan and Jamie. And he said, man, that would be cool to see you guys. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, that'd be great. Everybody at the convention always says that I'm coming to visit. I'm going to come stop out. I'm going to shadow you guys for a day or whatever. And you know, one out of like 50 actually do it. But I said, you know, being where you're at in revenue last year, I'd love to have you on the show um, sorry, potentially have you on the show. Uh, I always want to have a conversation with the high producers first and make sure I'm, I'm convinced that they're doing things the right way. Um, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'd love that. And then we ended up talking for, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes during the conference. We just stayed out in the hallway and I'm like, I freaking love this dude. 
Like he's just, he's like a rock solid electrician. He loves the electrical industry. He is a servant at heart. Uh, he's just about people. And I was, I was say it was like a week or two later, he texted me and said, or I texted him and said, let's set that episode up. I want to do an episode with you. And then he texted me back and said, uh, what's the, what's the nearest airport to you guys? And I'm like, oh, bro, you don't have to come out. We'll just do it over the phone. And he's like, well, if it's all the same to you, <laughs> I'd like to come out and see, you know, do one in person and like see, see Logan and Jamie and maybe do a ride along and spend some time with the, the leadership team and sit through one of our uh, Wednesday morning trainings. And that's what he did. So he, he came out and did exactly that. And we're super uh, grateful to have him here and very excited about this episode. Absolutely. And what we are going to be talking about today is really differences in approach to uh, how you go into the home. Now, Joey has a very relational approach, which is going to be fantastic. So we'll spend a lot of time focusing on that concept of it. But it's going to be a universal conversation about how anybody in the trades can really walk into the home, build that rapport and really walk out with the homeowner having a win and you having a win. But before we get into that exciting part of the podcast, it is time for the review of the week. Brian? Start listening now. Start listening now. He put now in all caps, so I, gotta, I have to honor his words. Thank you, you know? for the theatrical reading. Five stars. This podcast and the topics discussed have made me finally decide to go in 100% on my electrical company. Life-changing to say the least. Brian and Nate keep it interesting, and the guests, even if not in my own field, always have something to learn from. I tell everyone about WND. Wish I was closer so I could do ride-alongs with some of the texts that have been on the podcast. Every Monday morning while I get ready for the week, this podcast reminds me to stay focused and waste no day. Shane Bowman, Bowman Electric. Oh, What's well, up, Shane? Shout out, Shane. Yeah, Shane's always uh yeah, he's always like liking the liking the episodes, gives feedback from time to time on the episodes, which we really appreciate because if you know, we know what we like to hear. But uh if you guys in the audience aren't giving us feedback, we don't really know what you want to hear. So um yeah, hit us up on Facebook. Love the reviews, does a lot for the for the podcast. So jump on Apple, hit us with the review. Or, you know, if you're not a a big typer, then just click the five-star button, jump over to Spotify, click the five-star button, tag us on Facebook, tell us how much you appreciate the show. Uh, if you don't like the show, don't leave us a review. Just hit me up on Facebook and tell me why, and I will block you because <laughs> I don't want to hear your negativity. <laughs> well, negativity is not something we're going to hear from Joey. He is all about positivity, and it's about time that we put Joey Abedini in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Joey Abedini. He hails out of Orlando, Florida right now, but originally from England. And he has actually spent his life doing quite a bit of traveling. He's lived in 22 different countries, visited 43. He's a proud husband and father and a massive Man U fan. That's Manchester United, Brian, in case you were a little questioning about that. I wasn't because I don't care about soccer. <laughs> I like real football, bro. Well, Joey likes soccer, uh, football in his native tongue. And we're going to have a great conversation today. Welcome to the show, Joey. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's so good to have you here. And actually in studio, you were kind enough to make the trip 
I'm going to assume it was just for us, uh, even if there was some other ancillary ideas about what you had about doing here. But, you know, this is our first this guy came here just for the podcast. Right, Brian? That's correct. I'm recording right now. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> well, no, we are privileged to have you join uh, join with us here on the show as well as visit our shop and hang out with us for a little bit. So uh, we're really excited to have a good conversation with you today and talk about what you are doing in the electrical field. Yeah, so he's, Joey is the second highest producing electrician in all of the Mr. Sparky franchises in 2022. Wow, second, that's incredible. Any idea who the first one was? Yeah, someone around these parts, I heard. Yeah, uh, okay, okay. I, I wasn't. What about third? Where, where does third, third hail the from? The third one, too. Hailing from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, wow. Jamie Mellinger. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, I think after three, though, there's a long gap, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't tell you who four is. <laughs> Unless he wants to come on the show. Give us a call, number four. Well, some of our astute listeners may have picked up the fact that you Sorry, do. Sorry, we, did, we didn't mention, but that's Logan's number one, Joey's number two, Jamie's number three. That's right. That's right. And as I was saying, uh, those one and three, they do hail from Lancaster, but you do not, unless it's Lancaster, uh, which uh, might be in part of your neck of the woods. So where are you from? What's your story, man? Um, okay, yeah. So I'm from, obviously, England, across the pond. Um, I'm from a place called Stoke-on-Trent, which is just south of Manchester, which is near Lancashire, Lancaster, all the, all the, all the <laughs> what, what I've heard that before, probably a Guy Ritchie movie, but does, does, is that like setting a dude on fire or something? I don't know what Stoke-on-Trent means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, Stoke-on-Trent, so Trent is a river, it's the River Trent. Um, so it runs predominantly all through England and it goes all the way to London. So any sort of town that's on Trent, uh, it's like the city is called Stoke, but it's on the River Trent. Okay. So Nottingham, which I'm sure you've heard of, which is where Robin Hood is from. Yep, mm-hmm. It's right. actually Nottingham on Trent because the river runs through there as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so like if I'm writing in a letter, I would actually include the entire Stoke on Trent. Stoke dash on dash Trent. But not Nottingham dash on dash Trent. Um, I'm not sure if they actually do it for that. Nottingham. Address. Yeah. Not, Nottingham. Yeah. Oh, there's just going to be a bevy of really <laughs> bad. <laughs> British I'm going all day. I'm going, well, he's doing a really bad impersonation of uh, an American accent right now. So. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to win every day though. I'm going to win the argument every day. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you're South of Manchester. Does that mean yeah. you cheer for Manchester? Yeah. I'm a Manchester United fan. Okay. That's my religion. Saying, oh my goodness, are we going to start talking about soccer guys? It's I got work to do anyway. If that's what we're and doing. there went 50% of the listeners. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, huge, huge sports like football is, sorry, soccer. Yes. Can't oh, you like real football too? Well, what, where, the, where you play, where you use your hands to play the game? Yep, football. Yep, football, hands. <laughs> right. yeah. It starts with a kick. Makes Every sense, game. Right? Um, but yeah, huge football fan. But um, yeah, from Stoke-on-Trent. Um, which is um, south of Manchester, uh, born and raised there. Um, it's not the best of towns. It was a booming business once upon a time with pottery. All the pottery was made in my hometown. Like handmade or? Yeah, or handmade, Wedgwood, okay. Royal Dalton, all the famous potteries from my hometown. Uh, but that kind of moved um, to you know, other places to be made and um, kind of went downhill a little bit then from there. Um, I left England when I was 20. I went through a bit of a, a bad time in England. Um, there's a, a, a big suicide rate in my hometown. Oh, man. And I uh, actually lost four friends in two years. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, lost my dad at a young age as well. So um, last person that did it was like my bestest friend. Um, just needed to get out. 
And uh, luckily I had a great mother, phenomenal. Um, and she woke me up one morning and said, there's a plane ticket to Australia, go. And um, that was like, okay. So Australia was the other side of the world. Um, I literally had about $400 in my pocket and uh, I got to Australia. I already did my electrical apprenticeship, um, you know, in England from 16 to 20. And um, I got to Australia, just going to go for like a year just to clear the airways, you know, do a bit of traveling. And um, I was in a place called Airlie Beach, which is the tropics. And I saw this huge billboard that said um, scuba diving apprenticeship. If you work for us for free, we'll give you your courses for free. So I was like, I mean, sure. So I ended up staying for three years, became a scuba diving instructor on the Great Barrier Reef. No way. Um, lived in like Thailand, Bali, diving there. Is that a, is the Great Barrier Reef as cool as like, you know, the, uh, the tourism industry would say it is? It, it is unreal. It's amazing. There's 1,500 species of fish. Um, and, and 1,497 of them can kill you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, where, where in, the, in the Great Barrier Reef, you don't get great whites. It's too warm. Um, you get a lot of tiger sharks, hammerheads, but they they do not attack you. Mm. Not, not up there, but it's unreal. 400 feet visibility. Wow. You know, um, I used to do, I used to do a liverboard. I used to do four dives a day, night diving, which is even scarier. Um, underwater volcanoes, thousand meter drop-offs. We used to do shark feeds, uh, diving with whales. It was just living the dream. Wow. Right. Going from sort of where I was at to, you know, scuba diving on the Great Barrier Reef, uh, which was amazing. Um, and then I lived in like Southeast Asia a lot, traveled all over the place. And then I then got into working on super yachts for very rich and famous people. I uh, did some courses. So um, that was predominantly uh, Mediterranean and then um, also the Caribbean. You know, we used to cross the Atlantic a lot, two weeks at sea. Russian owners, American owners, you know, crazy, wealthy, insane people. Um, and the last vessel I worked on, I worked on a lot of yachts, but the last one I worked on was, uh, you know, Harbor Freight Tools? Sure. I worked for the owner, who's from um, LA, billionaire. And uh, it was a 290-foot super yacht, you know, 35 crew, a family of four it was just <laughs> <laughs> selling cheap tools for even cheaper prices he's done <laughs> yeah. done well for himself he's doing okay i think he's got his fingers in other pies but um yeah and then we finished the caribbean season used to go to fort lauderdale a lot or west palm south florida um and that's where i met my missus in a nightclub i got married two kids six and three boy and a girl uh, congrats and i became a citizen 18 months ago okay oh, awesome oh, congrats super, man. yeah so that's my nutshell, and I've been in the, this was, I met my missus like seven years ago. So, so, and you, did you meet her in Australia, you said? No, no, she's American. I met her in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, okay. What, what the, how did you go from cleaning super yachts, kind of rubbing elbows with the rich and famous to back to electrical? To real life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was on yachts for like 12 years. Because I'm Googling right now, how do I get into this cleaning super yachts business? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was a hard transition. Um, because, you know, you spend, I spent years and years at sea where you're away from the real world. I didn't pay tax. You don't pay tax where you live at sea. That was a new thing that I had wow. to do. Um, you, it's, it's, it's a completely different world. You, you know, you're just completely living a different lifestyle. So to sort of go from that to, oh, you're starting a 
like a, I guess like a regular a nine to five and <laughs> yeah. paying your fair share. And yeah, it was, it was a bit of a hard transition, but you know, it was fine. Cause you know, fell in love. We got pregnant pretty quick and all those things. So it's a, a different aspect of life. For sure. And, uh, well, welcome, welcome to the country. Welcome to the, uh, the best country in the world. My dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's debatable. Got a, got a confused look on your face, but you are a citizen here. So yes. that tells us something. It's a phenomenal country. It really is. So I want to back up to the fact that you said you did your apprenticeship yeah. between 16 and 20. That's uh, pretty uncharacteristic, at least in our part of the world. So what did that look like? Yeah. So in England, um, we leave school at 16. 16, you're done. You can go collect unemployment. You can do whatever you want. I think, that, I think they've recently changed it. When, but for years and years, 16, you were done. Um, so I did an uh, electrical apprenticeship, a uh, proper company, uh, went to college one day a week. So it's very intense in England how, how it gets done. They're very strict on you becoming an electrician and going out there and, and doing it, right? So um, my company paid for college one day a week where you do practical in the morning, theory in the afternoon, and then you work four days of the week. Um, at the end of every year, there was a huge test, practical and written. Um, you also have a, um, another company that comes in and does a safety um, sort of aspect of the job where you have to do lockouts and you have to do a portfolio and show them how you did it. And then at the end of the apprenticeship, there's a huge test, you know, where you pass that and then obviously you become an electrician. Yeah. Wow. So that, I mean, that's, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I'm aware of technical programs that have really worked their way down through high schools in America, but those would typically be like senior year maybe junior year at most. Uh, and then a lot of it's just post post school, you know, and whether you're getting into some type of technical academy or you're doing an apprenticeship, but what a unique opportunity. But what was it even about electrical that drew your desire in the first place? Um, so I was never, never one for school, right? I actually got kicked out when I was 14. Um, just could, didn't like, couldn't sit in a classroom, was, you know, just wasn't for me. Always good with my hands, right? Um, but the thing about the, where, where I grew up as well in, in England, um, you know, being with the lads, you know, being with the guys, it was, my apprenticeship was a proper old school apprenticeship. Um, for the first two years, I was called, I won't say the word, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> rhymes with glitch. Um, uh, Snitch. Got yeah. Um, and you were, you were treated like that, yeah. you, you know, yeah. 10 o'clock you go down and you, well, 9.45, you go down and make 10 cups of teas. So it was ready for 10 for the boys. If it wasn't. <laughs> you guys drink tea? <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there was a couple that drink coffee, but you'd have to do oh, all, the, all, all the, the plumbers I learned from on new construction sites drank beer for breakfast. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't make tea. And threw the cans at the apprentices. I wouldn't make tea for a plumber. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, um, you know, a proper apprenticeship. The first two years you were treated, but you, you learned, you know, it's, you learned the way that you should have learned. You know, yeah. I, I, it's kind of, I feel it a little sad how the old school ways have gone a little bit. Um, you know, if you were, in, if you did something wrong, <laughs> I just get things thrown at me, mm. uh, all types of stuff. Right. We had one guy, he was being lippy to one of the, one of the boys and, uh, he took him up in a, in a scissor lift and, uh, he had a harness on him, put him over the side, left him hanging for half a day. <laughs> and in the rain, no and, doubt, since and it was ev- England. Yeah, and everyone's just walking past laughing. No one does anything because he was being lippy. Didn't, didn't do it again. Uh, but, I mean, can you imagine, <laughs> really? doing, can you imagine wow. doing that in today's, today's world? Like, it would never happen. Um, but yeah, it was just, it's just a great, you know, 
great banter, great, great to be on site with the boys. You know, Friday comes around, you know, we used to finish at one on a Friday, straight, straight, you know, straight the boozer, the pub. Beers, you know, the boozer. I like that. Boozer, <laughs> change the name of our bars around here. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just it was a great vibe to be in. You know, yeah, and you know it's it's good to work. I've always loved to work with my hands. I'm, I'm a outgoing person. I'm a doer. I have to do something. I can't. Don't like sitting still. Well, that makes a lot more sense than why uh, there would be an eventual return to the electrical trade, moving to America, and everything that went with that. And of course, uh, of course, you had uh, a quite a bit of a story in between. I believe you said you've lived in. Uh, over 20 countries? Yeah, I've been to, I think, 45 countries, and I've lived in 22. Wow. So when I say live, more than more than three months in that country. Wow, and that, that was that mostly when you were doing the life at sea type yeah. thing? Yeah, exactly, yeah, because we would travel all over the world, and then, you know, we'd go somewhere, and we'd dock there, and we'd just spend ages there, just do maintenance periods. So you live, you live there. You get to go out and do everything in that in that country yeah yeah and i'm sure that was amazing out of all the countries that you lived what were like some of the most favorite ones um australia for sure um because it's the thing about australia is it's a little bit smaller than america population is 25 million um <laughs> you know so there's a lot of places you it's can, like three american cities la philly and new york <laughs> exactly um but the wildlife is amazing on land and in the water you know um if you like seafood, obviously the food there is amazing. But it's just the rainforests, the beaches, like if you're into that thing, it's it's really a stunning. Definitely must see if you can get there. Um, Barcelona is one of my favorite cities. It's okay. a really cool city if you ever get a chance to go. It's just awesome. Like the really special city. And um, did you attend some soccer games when you were there? Always, yeah. Okay. Fo- football, <laughs> yes, got it. Foot soccer, yeah. Oh, so you made it a point to to go to a game every, everywhere you were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, soccer's in my blood. Yeah, that's you know, fun. It's you, you grow up in England. Just that's it. That's like family second. Soccer's first. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm I'm sure that was amazing. How did you deal with the different cultures and everything that you were interacting with? Language barriers. What did that look like across the world? Yeah. So. Um, I think that's a huge part of my my success here is obviously traveling because it opens your mind to a lot of people and how people are and things like that. Um, so I've obviously met a different, a lot of different nationalities, all types of things, um, especially with taking them diving. Um, but the beauty of speaking English is that everybody speaks a little bit of it, really. So you can kind of, you know, it's the international language, so it's good because everywhere you go, everyone just sort of knows a little bit. So you can commu- communicate very well. Um, but you definitely pick up, like I've got a lot of sayings in different languages that I say that I keep in the locker. So if I, and that it's a good thing about traveling, is whenever I meet a customer, you know, it doesn't matter where they're from, I've got sort of something I could relate to, say that, you know, that's kind of strange that I would know to say it. Yeah, right. You know, It makes you an incredibly interesting person, which people, of course, enjoy dealing with and conversing with. Um, and, and you mentioned that, you know, your ability to open your mind a little bit and see how people live in the different nationalities and cultures. I mean, Florida does have a fair amount of mixed cultures as well. So have you seen the ability of what you learned in your previous life, so to speak, play out in the home? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like you say, just being able to read people and how 
you know, their reaction to things and, you know, kind of understand where they come from and where to go with it next. Um, it's definitely a huge thing when you, when you understand where people are from and things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. So let's bring this up to uh, modern day. So you're an electrician right now working for the Mr. Sparky out of Florida, mm-hmm. uh, number two in the nation, number two in the nation. Uh, in in the Mr. Sparky <laughs> network, and uh, that totaled you last year's revenues at what number? Um, I can't remember the exact number, but it was like two point eight and two hundred thousand or something like that. That's incredible, man! Uh, amazing, yeah. amazing. Now, how long have you been doing electrical work in America? Um, seven years. Okay, seven, seven to eight years now. And was 2022 just this magical moment or have you always been kind of moving in the direction of millions of sales? I was number one, 2021. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that, but yeah. Okay. I, I had that number one title then. Um, no, I came to I came to Sparky. I was a technician. Um, I started in April. The, the next year after, I, was, I spent a year as a technician. I was the number one technician in the nation for that one. And then I became a safety advisor the year after, March 1st. Um, and then from March 1st to the end of the year, I did 2.9. That was my best year, but it wasn't even a full year. Um, and then last year, I, I did just over 2.8. Um, numbers are great, right? Um, but it's 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 not my main focus. You know, there's there's one time a year that that actually matters, and that's award season through Authority Brands, right? Yeah. The rest of the year, it's about connecting, taking care of clients, like. Um, Performing at your highest level for sure, but really like filling the needs of the client and and connecting with people. Yeah, you really have to. So like this job, you have to forget about the money, right? And you have to really put the the customer first. Forget about what you're trying to sell. I've got to get my numbers up. You've got to forget about that. That'll come with how you perform, right? Um, I've been extremely lucky where I work. I have some great people behind me, like Bruce Fort. Uh, Michael Fortner's and one, Paul Kuss, Eddie Wells, my manager, Jason DeSantis. Um, phenomenal minds that have been doing it for a long time That since I've been here. Service minds, some would say. Service minds, exactly. Um, but it's great to have that level of people behind you that when I first came here, oh, you know, over, over, taught, taught me this is how you do it. Just, just put the customer first. Don't, you know, just forget about the money. Just do this and everything will come with it. And uh, it, it's exactly true what they said. Um, so, yeah. Uh, is there a significant difference between the electrical trade that you learned in England and what it looks like on this side of the pond? There is. There is a difference. Um, obviously, 240 minimum where I'm from. Um, that's obviously a big difference. Um, how to put this nicely? Uh, just uh, as a pause, the plumber here uh, just looked at me with a very confused look, trying I, to figure out what that means. I did not know that. It's <laughs> the first time I ever heard that. Yeah, the most of the world is hence, hence the weird uh, plugs you guys use. Well, most of the world is two hundred and forty volts. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's only really North American parts of the Caribbean that use one twenty. Wow. So. All right, uh, but that's I'm, big, I'm sure all the Sparkies listening knew that, but uh, <laughs> not all the plumbers did. Yeah, that's that's a big that's a big difference, obviously. Um, Commercial, we do commercial a lot differently. Um, obviously, it's a lot of EMT conduit here, which we use a lot of, but um, over here, it's like everything has to be EMT conduit, especially in commercial. Um, but I mean, 
obviously the fundamentals are the same, but yeah, there's there's a difference in the style and how you know how things get done for sure, um, especially in in homes as well, which obviously what we do. Um, again, I don't know how to say this, but in, I, I don't know about up here, but in Florida, they build ho- they build homes very cheaply to begin with, you know, very and very quickly, you know, backstabbing connect, you know, backstab connections. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, it's technically legal and it gets done right. Um, that's not a thing in England. You can't you can't do things like that. Yeah. Okay. So, what was it about Mr. Sparky that drew your interest? Yeah, I had an interview with my manager Jason DeSantis, and um, I was actually speaking to to Brian before this. Um, if if you didn't work here, and I explained this job to somebody, right? This is how we do it. This is how it works. This is how you get paid. I think you were a crazy. This person. is how much you can get paid. Yeah, exactly. I'd be. I'd be like, you're completely making it up. That's not an, what an electrician does. You turn up at 7.30, you know, you work, you have half an hour break, you go home at 3.30, job done, see you later, right? Um, and I, I couldn't really understand. It took, me, it took me a couple of days to really understand what he was trying to tell me of how it works here. And I was like, well, I don't just turn up and work. No, no, you go out and run your own calls. You, you know, you go out and sell it how you do it. You present the option. Once you sell it, you do the install, Um this is how much you can make. And it was hard just to sort of really understand that, no, okay, this is, this is very different here, right? And um, so that was the main attraction of something different, right? Um, and I think my eyes kind of lit up when I really realized what was going on because this is what I did for, you know, as scuba diving, working on yachts and, you know, not super yachts, but when I was working on diving vessels, like I just knew this job would suit me very well with with what what was happening yeah absolutely and you you described yourself earlier as a, a people person right so relationships is where you make the magic happen um so like when you go into home what is kind of your process to establish a relationship with a, a brand new stranger they don't know you you don't know them you know this is the first time you've ever been in that house maybe even that neighborhood you're rolling up there and how do you get on that level of connection where the person is is engaged with you and you're engaged with them? Yeah, so I think the first thing I do is is definitely feel very grateful for the job that I do, right? Um, what what an amazing job where sometimes I, I don't even feel like, a, like it is a job because I'm going to people's homes, right? Meeting brand new people every day from all parts of the world uh, and just getting to know them. Like I'm knocking on the door and just getting to know a person first and making a friend. Then the electrical, you know, what what you want comes after. You know, what a, what an incredible job that which, is. Which you happen to enjoy. Like yeah. You would probably do electrical as a hobby if, if it wasn't, you know, paying you because I don't, what have you been here for a few hours now? You went through our, our morning meeting, a little uh, seven habits training with Matt. And uh, we were talking in the back before, a little during and after and, I don't know, four or five times you've mentioned so far how much you love the electrical field. Love it. It's, it's electric, electrical is like, there's so much to it. It's always changing. I, I love everything about electrics. Um, but yes, getting to the, you know, just getting, to, I start my morning every day just going, wow, I don't have to go to an office and sit behind a computer. Right, I'm going to go on the road. Shots fired, buddy. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't suit me. Right, that that that's why I was never good at school. Right, 
But I know I wake up in the morning and I know I'm going to meet three, five people, brand new people that day that could be from anywhere in the world that could have the most amazing story, right? I'm going to get to meet that person and get paid to do that, right? So it's, it's, it's amazing. So when I, when I get to the front door, um, I put my tidy tracks on. Tidy tracks. Mentioned yeah. to, to Brian. We'll talk about that later. About those. <laughs> That's not about these slip-on shoe covers anymore. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I knock on the door, and you know, immediately, you know, obviously introduce yourself. Polite manners goes a long way. Um, I, I guess I have a benefit of being from somewhere else. I think the accent right? does you some favors. Um, but the biggest thing is you can do is ask ask where that person's from, right? And what I've done over the years is. If I've met someone from a certain place, location, I find something out about where they're from and I write that down, right? So if I ever meet a person from the same location, I have a conversation starter. I have something about where they're from, which is cool because you're already showing a huge interest in where they're from. And I want to know, you know, I want to know everything I can about that person. Um, But yeah, asking where people are from, getting to know them, you know, have customers where... You know, 30 minutes later, we're playing pool in his garage, you know. We've completely forgot about the job and we're just rocking out playing pool, <laughs> telling each other's life stories, you know. So it's drinking tea. Drink, yeah, <laughs> drinking tea <laughs> with our pinkies up. So it's, I mean, you mentioned that, like, that's your actual perspective. I'm just curious, you know, is that really how you walk into the home? Because it sounds very, it sounds very podcast friendly. Say like, oh yeah, you know, I'm just excited to meet new people every day. I mean, you seem very genuine when you say that. But there's there's a lot of people in the trades that perhaps aren't as excited to meet new people mm-hmm. as you are, as you are. Did you have to work your way into that? Was that always like your mentality? I mean, you had a pretty hard upbringing. So, what did that look like? Yeah, it, it's natural for me. So, literally, I'm from a place called Stoke-on-Trent. Like I said, it got voted like the second worst place to live in England. It's not, you know, it's it's pretty, you know. Which has got to put it in the top 10 for worst places in the world, right? Yeah, I mean, I grew up, I grew up it was, don't get me wrong, um, you know, there a lot of drugs. You know, 14, I got kicked out of school. You know, I was a bad kid. The difference between me and I, I had a phenomenal mother. You know, I had a mother that kept me in shape, right? But when you grow up in a place like that, you kind of appreciate things a lot more, you know? Like where I'm from, if it's freezing cold, I'll give you my shirt off my back. You got it, mate. You know, we would never let anyone go without a hot meal. You've got to look after your own people. So when you start traveling, you, everything was just amazing. You know, I took nothing for granted. You know, I've I've always, you know, been taught to work hard as well. And um, so meeting people, I I don't know, that's me not trying to be, you know, big-headed or anything, but I, I really regard myself as a people person. You put me in a room with anyone, billionaire, homeless i'll get on with them because i I want to right more more than anything i want to i want to be at that person's home i want to understand where they're from what what they want and then and then we can get into the job and then once i've established that relationship then i can show them how i operate and how they're never going to see anyone like me especially with the process of the work after the job's done and the future, where you, you know, you got my number, you call me for anything you need. It's very sincere. People, people again, I don't think people get that um, with an electrician or a plumber, you know. I think we, we, we set the bar extremely high. 
Yeah, it's rare. It's rare in the trade. So it's why, you, you know, inevitably I'll, I'll get people online taking pot shots and, you know, Mr. Sparky does nothing but rip people off and this Joey guy probably just rips people off and the same with Jamie and Logan when they're on the show. And uh, it's people that typically it is people that you don't really want to have a conversation with. And you know when they show up to someone's home, if it's your home, it's no different. You really don't want to have a conversation with this person. So if I can't do it, nobody can tends to be the the mindset. Well, I met you in in, uh, uh, Arizona several weeks ago. Or you, you met me, I should say. You came and grabbed me in the hallway, and I'm like... I immediately texted Nate, like, we, I can't wait to have this guy on the show. What a, what a great dude. We sat and talked about your story and all the places you visited. Should I even texted my wife that picture of us, like, this is a great dude, can't wait to have him on the show. And uh, it, it, struck me, it struck me as if you were in my basement looking at my panel and you recommended a, a, an upgrade, I'd probably be upgrading it. I probably would. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? So you're building value with a customer, right? So when you build value with a customer, you get to know them you know, spend time with them. When, when you start looking at that panel or whatever the case may be, you can create a sense of urgency, right? Because you've built that value. So we've done all our talking. We've, we've relaxed. We've chilled out. Let's go, look at, let's go look at what you want. We look at your panel and we're like, listen, we're going to ha- all jokes aside now, now we're going to have to have a bit of a serious talk about your panel, right? You've built the value. You've built the urgency, Right. And, and he's, you've, you've built that trust with him or her um, where at least they're going to take you serious about what you're saying, right? Whether they do it what, you know, is one thing, but at least they're now understanding and taking it serious and al- also backing up what you say with, you know, code articles and all those things as well. So, Joey, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm putting myself in the position of some of our listeners and they're saying, well, you know, I don't have an accent. I have lived in one place my entire life um, I don't have a problem with people, but I'm not like, I don't have all these stories to tell and these, I don't know, 13 different languages and I haven't scuba dived in the Great Barrier Reef. And, and this is all know, Nate speaking like, personally, by the way, all these things. <laughs> I don't have all this. So how, how can you help me get to a place of being interesting and, and being interested in them? And then, you know, taking that into a relationship that's actually going to result in a, a moment of trust. Right. I mean, you can live in other people's stories. Once you, you know, a person is telling you a story, try and live in that moment with them and understand what it was like for them to be there and stuff, right? Um, I'm a big fan of, if I find anything new about a person or where they're from, I write it down, right? If someone's from Naples in the south of, you know, south of Italy or something, and they told me something about that city that's very unique, I'm writing that down because chances are I'll probably meet someone from that same place. I can remember it and bring it up. And it's, you know, it's just learn. Just learn about where people are from. Just just write it down. Just, you know, just, yeah, it's it's just good information. And yes, I have a, you know, obviously a pretty cool story. I'm, I'm blessed, but it doesn't matter what, you know, everyone's got cool stories you know, open up, tell them about you as a person, tell them about a cool experience that you had. Because once you start opening up and, and people see, you know, that it's trust, you know, you, you're telling them about you and, you know, you can be personal as well. So. so you have what I would describe as a natural curiosity 
Joey, do you think, do you think somebody can have a practiced curiosity where they, they learn their way into your behaviors? I mean, you're just naturally inquisitive, like, oh man, that sounds awesome. Tell me more about that. Or I'd love to hear about that. Or I remember I met somebody who lived there and, you know, you're drawing all these things back that perhaps that's more natural to you, but like, can I, can we get to a place of that same level of curiosity uh, by practice and asking questions and, you know, working our way there? Yeah, and, that, and that's a tough question because I definitely think part of it comes naturally, right? Um, but I also think that, yes, that's definitely something that you can practice and learn, absolutely. And that is surrounding yourself with the right people. Like I say, I'm very lucky from where I am in service minds. I've got, you know, those names that I mentioned, that team behind me that are just great, right? Um, and, up, you know, up here you have the same as well. So surround yourself with people that, that are, you know, that are already there and learn from them and practice and absolutely you can get there, you know? You can, you know, like you say, Rome wasn't built in a day. You have to practice. You have to, everyone has to start somewhere. Someone starts not knowing any electrical trade at all and then you learn it. You've got to start. So, again, and, it, and it's about effort. You know, that's anything in life. If you put the effort in, you, you'll reap the resort. You can't be lazy and not do it. You have to work, uh, you know, 110% to get there. So you mentioned, uh, you know, and you believe that this this people personality is a great uh, part of your success and how you are successful. But I know a lot of people persons that are not doing $2.8 million in sales. So somewhere we have to transition from, hey, I'm your buddy, I'm your mate, uh, into like, we're actually going to talk about real revenue, real sales, real problems, fixing things with real solutions. And I am an electrician, so I can do that for you. How have you successfully made the transition from let's talk about your story, all these interesting things and facts in back into that conversation? Like you mentioned earlier, we're actually going to have to have a hard conversation about what's going on here with your electrical stuff. Yeah. So again, um, I guess important to mention as well is understanding situations as well. Um, every situation is different, right? And you have to be able to read a situation and where to go with it, for sure. Don't get me wrong, there's some customers where I go in and they ain't talking. They don't want to know me. They don't, you know, gear done kind of style, you know? <laughs> well, that was, you killed it. Killed it. Larry the Cable Guy. See, I'm learning, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm learning. Gear done. Um, but yeah, so there's, it's very situation. You have to be able to, I guess that comes with being a people's person as well as understanding how to read people and where to go with what scenario or situation that's thrown at you that you have to learn that as well. Um, but when it comes to the serious talking, you, again, you have to read the person, but you have to portray it in a way that they're really going to understand, right? Some people, some people are technical and they like to hear the technical stuff. Some people, just, it's going to go one ear and out the other. So you're going to waste your time saying code articles, saying all this jazz that goes with it. So for me, what I like to do is is um, use a description where they can come along the ride with me to see how I'm explaining it, basically. And um, <clears throat> I use a, um, a human body as a good analogy of my story process to explain them what's going on. Okay, what does that sound like? Um, so electrical panels, right? Uh, we use that as a heart, okay? So, again, I'm referring off sort of Florida home styles. Um, I always, there's always, there's three parts to the home that we call the heart of the home, okay? We have the outside panel, 
which is the main disconnect, turn that power off, feeds the inside panel in the garage or wherever it is. That's the second. And the third one is the main grounding system. Okay, that is your heart. So just imagine a heart pumping blood around the body. These are pumping electricity around the body. So this is essential that this is where it needs to be, right? You can have multiple problems in your body, but it's relevant until you fix the heart. So this is where we have to start. The heart is the most important thing, right? So this is what we're going to do here. We're going to obviously replace this and go into a bit of detail of what you're doing, but the heart is where we're starting, okay? Then um, I always explain it in a sense that, you, and then you've got to throw, if you can, try and throw in positive things in there as well about the home. So, so your house is wired in copper, which is phenomenal, right? Copper is the best conductor of electricity. Um, it lasts a very long time. Um, it's amazing that your house is wiring copper. There's no issues with the wiring, right? Um, the continuous flow between the wire is always okay. It's a continuous push. Um, the only thing that could ever happen is if a rodent bites it. That's very rare. But it's the termination ends that's always the issue with electricity. And why is it important to throw in those positive things? Because it gives them a sense that, you know, at least there are some things right with their home. There is, there is some positive news. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. Um, Again, situational, right? Um, so then you ex you get on to the explaining the other end of the spectrum. So we've explained the heart, now the capillaries, which is your outlets and switches, right? This is where the other end, where it's stopping. So we have to talk about fixing that because backstab connections, I, I'm not even going to go into that. If you just Google it, you can read all about it. It's terrible, right? Um, but explain how what, what they do, how bad it is, um, and, and, and understand that, you know, this is the heart. We need to get this done. But why don't we get the capillaries done as well and have everything 100%, right? Because these connection points here, they're not mechanically wired. This is what could happen. Um, but also by doing it, it's going to make it efficient, all, all those aspects of it. So let's fix. The wiring's fine, right, as we as we said. But let's get the termination ends fixed. And then I always go, I always go into, um, this is a great way, a great thing you can do as well, if you've got a 40, 50-year-old home, guarantee the roof has been replaced. The AC's been replaced at least twice, right? So a sense of realization as well for the customer is something I, I do. As I go, so let me ask you, how old is the home? 1960. Wow, so this panel's original. This is 55 years old. 55 years old. Think about that, right? Anything in life, things get, have to get replaced, right? Is your roof, your roof's not original. No, we've replaced it. What about your ACs? Oh, they've been replaced twice. Why is your electrical no different? And it's the most important thing because it's got a big risk factor to it, but it also makes the AC work, right? And it's, you know, you're not going to know it's going to be changed because you're not going to take a cover off because it's scary. But something that works constantly 24-7, right, for 50, 60 years, things have to be replaced. And you've replaced everything else in the home, you've left your electrical. It's the most important and they, it, it's like a sense of realization. You know what? He's right. He's done everything else. Why haven't we done this? This is really important. And it's a realization of, yeah, it, it needs an upgrade. Now, I would imagine the timing of that particular conversation is pretty critical. You're not opening the door and talking about how many times they replaced their roof and their AC. When is that entering into the conversation? It's situational. Again, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. you, you have to go, you have to go with the flow. It's, you know, you have it's so that will sort of come at the end of the conversation, right? If 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 I can get to it, if I can get there, some people are different. Um, 
but that would sort of come after it's sort of towards the end as a is a added let's get it done so i mean it sounds to me like you're you're pretty versatile in the home and i think that's one of the biggest attributes to you know people who are veterans in the trades is they become versatile uh, they become unconsciously competent where you're not even thinking about things anymore because you're just so used to doing it it's so natural it's like breathing for you but we have a lot of people coming up through the trades who are they're not at that level yet you know and they're they're trying to work their way through and they might have like you know, step-by-step process about how they go through the home. And then all of a sudden the homeowner is an A-type personality and just blows that process completely up. Or they might have an absentee owner who's like, hey man, you know, I'm working today, so I'm in my office. Bother me if you need me. Otherwise, let me alone. <clears throat> for for the, the younger people in our audience or people who are just kind of like, yeah, these are real examples and I don't know what to do with them. How have you shown your skills at adapting to those different environments, those different homeowners, while still accomplishing the things that Joey knows he needs to get through to have a successful call? Because there there are some keys, some non-negotiables in your calls, right? Absolutely, yeah. So what are those things that you know, like this has got to be in there somewhere? And, we'll, and, and then how do you adapt that to the changing environment of house to house and homeowner to homeowner? So again, yeah, for, for me, it is, it, it becomes very natural for me now. It's like you say, it's like breathing. I, any scenario that's thrown at me, you know, and that, that's not me trying to be big-headed or anything like that. I hate, I'm, I'm a humble guy, uh, but that just comes with experience and, and practicing. Um, so it's very natural to read and just go with the flow and, and understand, you know, where to go with it. Um, but for, you know, people who are new in the trade or, you know, learning, they're trying to get to where they get to, you know, I, I, everyone's different, right? Everyone's, they're going to have different techniques that are going to work for you that don't work for me and all those, you know, you've got to figure that out. But You just have to do the time. You just have to do the practice. Like I say, Rome wasn't built in a day. You don't become an electrician in a day or six months. It takes years of practice, right? Perfect. And I'm still, that's why I'm here today. That's why I came up here because I'm still learning. I want to learn, right? I want to learn from you guys and, and keep going, keep progressing. Um, you know, like non-negotiable stuff. Um, I mean, you obviously, you have to get certain points across, right? Especially with the permitting process. Um, but I use the permitting process to my advantage, right? Because then, again, I always resort to Florida. Um, but a lot of work gets done without permits in Florida. And that's what is a huge, um, a huge thing that sets us aside is that it's going to be permitted and inspected legally, the correct way you're going to have someone that's going to come and check my work so everybody knows it's been done correctly, right? So well, there's a lot of other points you have to get on with the permitting because legally you have to get the, the stuff said and paperwork and all that. Um, but I use things to my advantage, especially, you know, with permitting and things like that. So you said that you were a technician and now you're a safety advisor. What is the difference between those two roles? Um, so a technician is someone that goes out and... Um, looks at the job, sells the job, and then does the work themselves. Um, a safety advisor is someone that goes out, assesses the job, um, creates a, you know, options, um, and then sells that job, and then uh, an install team comes and does the physical work. Okay, gotcha. So you're selling move on. Uh, that's the model that you're working in. And, uh, you know, I'm sure some people are saying, well, this guy is probably getting put in front of 50-year-old panels, call after call after call. Is that the case? Very situ it is very situational. 
um, sometimes, you know, that that's how, you know, that's how you have to, to get to the top, you have to turn those small calls into the great calls. That's how you progress through the ladders, right? Um, but just because a call says change ceiling fan, right? You don't look at the, look at the age of the home, right? Look at like where it's at. That change of ceiling fan could be a house from 1972 with Federal Pacific panels, right? If, if it, do, it doesn't matter if I, if I had that scenario, I'm in, right? Even I only called you out for a ceiling fan. It doesn't matter. We're in. Let, let's go. Let's go. Have a, we're, we're talking, right? And, um, and and we get through the process together because all bets are off with Federal Pacific panels, right? Or whatever the scenario is. So somebody's replacing that panel here. Here, yeah. Soon. And, and, and let it be. And, us. and I'll, you can say things like, and and it, this is this is honestly, I'm a genuine person, and I I don't even care sometimes. And I'll say, listen, if it, even if it's not me. Let it be somebody else. I, I don't. I don't even care if you use me or my company. Well, I do. I'd love you to, but at this point, I don't care if it's me. Have somebody do it, but do it in the way that I told you, with permitting, inspecting. This is how you. If you don't want to use me, it's fine. Get get it done. Yeah, and that that like in the plumbing or HVAC world is we we get to these calls to do whatever the job is, and we happen to notice, you know, uh, the flue pipe on the water heater or the HVAC system is offset just seeping carbon carbon monoxide into the basement and you're like and the there are these times when you just can't connect with a client you're like just and you finally just go look I I spent time with them now I care about them just please get another person out here let it be another company get someone out here get a get a carbon monoxide detector in here like just Knock it off. Like, you yeah. got to no. get this done. And a Federal Pacific is much the same. I mean, those those panels aren't made anymore for this specific mm-hmm. reason. And, you know, what we'll do here most of the time is just tell people to go ahead and Google the name brand of your panel and, you know, let the, the Internet speak. Yeah. And, again, realization, right? I'll come back to <clears throat> making a co- customer realize. You can go through, like, if you've got an older home with the Federal Pacific panels, you've got all these problems, Right. You, you've made them understand that, yeah, things are bad in the house, right? Not, you know, you've made them understand. And then at the end, you could go, so, you know, everything I've just explained to you, right? You have no smoke detectors. And they'll go, damn, we don't. You don't even have one. And you've got all these issues from a 50, 60-year-old electrical system, and you don't even have a smoke detector. Let's get the smoke detectors. Or, you know, you could say something like, uh, and and again, this is me being absolutely generous. If they not, they don't want to do the work, right? No, it's too much, or we, we want to get over opinion, whatever the case, um, or just don't want to do it. Do me a favor then. Just please go to Depot today and buy a battery-operated uh, smoke detector. Just at least put it up here. Just have something for while you're, while you're sleeping. Just until you eventually do get it done, whatever it is. I, I love the genuineness of that. And, and, you know, I think it, it relieves the pressure for the homeowner to be like, okay, this isn't Joey trying to sell me something. This is Joey just saying like, please, like for your own safety, your own sake and peace of mind, like a, attend to these things. Um, and that's, that's a really nice way of just um, putting yourself on the rescuing side of the triangle, as opposed to the, the agitator or the opponent. 
you know, you're turning it on the house. It's, it's the house's problem. It's not, you know, I'm not coming in here to be on the side of the bad guy. I'm coming in here to be on the side of you and say like, look at all these things that your house is trying to do against you or your electrical is trying to do against you. Like, let's solve this together. Let's work at this together. And it's that positioning that helps the homeowner to understand you're my advocate, not my adversary. Yeah. And what, and what I'm saying is true, right? Everything I say is backed up with the truth, right? We're not just going making stuff up. It's, it's the actual truth. And the reason I'm expressing this to you, the reason you should be doing it is for safety. The whole reason we change things out, right? 90% of the time is because it's unsafe, right? It has a potential to do something. That's why we're doing it, right? Because it, it's going to, it could cause you harm, right? So you have to believe in what you're saying, but believe it's the truth, you know? So Florida has a unique uh, population. Um, generally, it's, I think it's the oldest state in the nation on average. And then it additionally has a fairly transient population. A lot of snowbirds, a lot of people are there part of the year and then not the other part of the year. And so I imagine you come up against some fairly unique and common uh, objections along the lines of, hey, I'm on a fixed income, you know, I can't afford this type of stuff, or, <clears throat> well, it's been this way for 35 years and it hasn't failed yet, or something along the line of like, well, you know, this isn't really our primary home, so it's not really a big deal. I, I'm guessing you're come up against a lot of these things, and, you know, what are some of those common objections and how are you making your way through them? Wait, hold on. Great opportunity for a role play. It's been a few weeks, so Nate, why don't you be the customer, and 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 I'll uh, moderate. And Joey, <laughs> you you ask Nate to go ahead and and upgrade this panel with you because one thing that we we understand is missing a lot of times in the trades, in sales in general is people do not ask people to buy. So let's start with you asking Nate to go ahead and become an owner of a new panel today. And Nate, you hit him with pick pick two of those objections. Well, why is Joey out of my home? Ceiling fan. <laughs> <laughs> Every electrician's favorite call. <laughs> Super. 17 foot ceiling, ceiling fan. Okay. 17 foot. <laughs> I like my house. It's pretty nice. Okay. All right, Joey. Um, go ahead. Okay. So, um, so yeah, like, like we've talked about the ceiling fan. Um, now, obviously, we've looked at your panel. Right, and I've expressed to you, you know, how important that is to, to at least consider getting that replaced today. Right, um, it's a Federal Pacific panel. Okay, so Federal Pacific um, is a company that went out of business in 1987, I think it was. They actually got sued and put out of business. Okay, they had a lawsuit against them. They were cutting corners while making their products. Um, horrendous panels. Right, you, I can't express the importance of getting this changed because it's really time for it, right? Um, so your ceiling fan, so as we've talked about your ceiling fan, obviously your panel is what is what we call the heart, right? This is the center focus of your electrical home. Everything is getting pumped out of this electrical panel, okay? Your ceiling fan, the reason you're having issues with it, you know, everything is um, interconnected all the way back to the panel. Electricity is basically one big daisy chain together, okay? So, we have the ceiling fan here. Um, obviously, we can definitely get this done for you. Um, you know, we can get it done today. It's not a problem. We have, we've got we've got ladders. We've got teams available. Um, but let me ask you this question: with these payment options as well that we've got, these easy payment options, 
um, the electrical panel, the ceiling fan. I mean, you could get it done for about $80 a month. Does that fit your budget? Well, Joey, I, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying, and you've been a very kind young man, and, and thank you for pointing out some of these things. My wife and I, we're on a fixed income, and, you know, uh, Florida's, uh, it was our dream to move here, and we kind of, we had to sell everything that we, we had just to get here. And so, you know, we're both on social security now. Um, and I'm a believer that, you know, if, if something's not broken, don't change it. So I, I'm not quite sure I understand uh, the need and that we would be ready to, to move forward. I mean, really, the reason we called you out here is because the ceiling fan's pretty, it gets hot in that room and, and we really need that to, uh, to stay comfortable. But I don't know that there's anything wrong with our panel. It's been doing what it needs to do for the Three decades. Three objections in one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let me ask you this question. So in life, it's all about anticipation. Okay. You have to anticipate things happening. Just like when you got your kids, right? If you see them going to fall over, you run and you stop them, right? Um, I've never had a car accident ever in my life. Today could be that day, right? Just because your panel's working doesn't mean it's correct. And I promise you it really isn't. Okay. Look at this online, right? We, we've gone over it. it, it it's... I'm surprised you even brought the home with the panel that it was in. Home inspector's a whole different scenario. Um, but think of it as, you know, again, you've, you know, this home is beautiful, right? You've, you've done a lot of upgrades to this home. You, you've got a brand new AC unit outside. You've got a new roof, which maybe, maybe didn't need to be replaced. But because of the age, it got recommended to be replaced, right? The recommended time frame for panels is 20 to 30 years. This house is 55 plus years old with a, an outdated panel, right? Please don't be under the conception just, just because it's working, it's correct. Because again, if you read statistics, which I'm a statistics guy, right? You can do this in your own time as well, even after the fact. Read statistics on, you know, issues with homes, with electric, electrical, right? Um, this is something that's working constantly 24-7. Has been for the last... 55 years, right? Um, you can clearly see on the bus bar all that discoloration and, and what it's doing. Um, this is for your benefit, not mine. But like I say, I have, I understand finances are finances, I get it. But we literally have an option here that's 70, uh, it's $75 a month, right? Think of that, $75 a month. Uh, I, I probably spend that on miscellaneous junk tea a month tea yeah i probably spend that on tea bags every month and, 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 and crumpets and scones <laughs> um you know it's a plan that you know you could also take you could do it it's affordable um but think of it as an investment as well this is making your home safe but it's also you're also going to be increasing the value of the home so if you leave it if you're going to leave this house to i think you said you're going to leave it to your your kids, um, and, or whatever you um, think about that, they don't have to deal with that issue as well. It's 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 already done. Um, great investment for the home. Great for insurance companies as well. Something that I can help you with as well is that by doing this, nothing to guarantee in life, but you might get a potential break in uh, your insurance, whether you pay yearly or monthly, because you've made the home a lot safer. So that could deduct that seventy-five dollar month fee down to maybe, if you do get a break, that could even deduct that price a month. Yeah, Joey, I mean, you're making a lot of good, a lot of good points there. And, and you know, we're, 
we've built this family upon the back of when things break, we fix them. But I'm just not sure I understand why the panel is broken yet. It, it's, it's working. It's still been working. I, I know you're saying there's something wrong with the colors here. And, you know, my wife can, can certainly look up whatever that Pacific federal stuff is or whatever later on. Um, but it, it's, it's doing fine. And I, I mean, if what you're saying is true with some of those concerns, that is something that I'm worried about. Um, is there a way that we can do like half of it now or something like that? I, the, you might spend $75 a month on tea, but that's a big number to me. Yeah, no, I completely understand. Um, yeah, unfortunately, obviously with, with, like I say, with pulling a permit, things have to be done to code. There's one way it can be done and one way only. Um, what I'm going to do for you is, like I say, I, I want you to be sure of this. I want you to do your research, right? I'm actually going to pull up some stuff, okay, some stuff about the panels and, and what I'm talking about. I'm going to email it to you. Um, what I want you to do, do some research tonight, okay? Have a look over, really, you know, do, do some thorough research. What I'll do is I'll swing, I'll swing back by tomorrow, about 12 o'clock noon, something like that. Do a bit of research. We'll have another chat tomorrow. If, if tomorrow you're still the same, no problem. But at least do that research and we'll go from there. Okay. Um, that, that might be fine. If, uh, if we are interested in, in something, um, what would that look like? I would handle the entire process for you. If and when you're ready, we can start immediately. Okay. Do that research tonight. I'm going to be back here at 12 o'clock. Okay with you? Well, we're not going anywhere. I tell you what I'll do. I'll bring some tea and crumpets with me tomorrow <laughs> at 12 o'clock. All right? Well, that okay, would be I'll, lovely. I'll let, I'll let you try it tomorrow. So I'll be back tomorrow, 12 o'clock. But yeah, between now and then, do some research. I'm going to send you a couple of links. Um, you know, have a look at it with with the, with your wife. And um, I'll be back tomorrow at 12. And hear that, it, Diane? We get to find out what a crumpet is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and if it is something that you do want to move forward with tomorrow, if not, no problem. But if you do... We'll be starting that afternoon. That sounds like a fair deal to us, Joey. I, I like you, and it, it's not that it's not that I don't believe what you're saying, but you know, I, I'm still. This is all very new to me. Not a problem. No, I, I get it. Do you want to do the ceiling fan this afternoon? At least get that done. Would you want to wait till tomorrow? You know, uh, the ceiling fan is why we called you here. So I think that's, let's, 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 let's do that. Let's get that done this afternoon, right? So we'll get the ceiling fan done for you right now. And uh, we'll have a chat about the other work tomorrow. That sounds good. Thank you. I Thank don't you. believe there's an electrician out there who is trying to get that ceiling fan done if they don't think they're getting the pan. Like, there's no way you're packaging that up with the panel for the installer or walking, baby. <laughs> but you know what that would do, though? That would get you in the home longer it would get me thinking more about what you're doing. I start seeing your work and I'm like, you know what? Exactly. What am I doing? Exactly. Yeah. And so also you ceiling fans working that night. You don't have to go another night without it. And I, I'd, I'd be dragging that ladder in and, and saying, you know, one more time, why don't you go ahead, get back on your phone there or your tablet or whatever. And, well, and look up the federal Pacific panel while I do this. What I, well, also what I do is, um, oh, it could my, like if, if my installer was going to come do the ceiling fan, if it's 17 foot high, and have ladders, um, I'd be calling him saying, hey, good impressions. You always do, mm -hmm. but good impressions. Everything spot on, right? I want you to make it good because I'm going back tomorrow. So one of the most critical things that you did there at the end was that you asked 
for the business. And Brian was talking about this, but you actually, you asked me, would I like to move forward with something? We, we didn't quite get there on the panel. You, you made a lot of great justifications. And I think most people would be like, you answered questions that I wasn't even asking yet. And you were already resolving things before I was processing through them. Uh, but at the end there, you did ask me, can we get this done today? Right. And that's, as Brian often says, is how many people don't do that? 85% of salespeople. 85% of salespeople do not ask. Do not give the, op- do not give the client an opportunity to become an owner of that product. They expect the client to ask them for it. And they're more nervous than we are. And we always forget that. So if you're not giving them the opportunity to say yes today, it's a no. Especially if you're, if you've moved from the original situation, the ceiling fan into the panel. And most of our dialogue was about the panel. Like I'm distracted now from the ceiling fan. And I love how you brought it back around to the fact that, hey, you know, I, I get it. It's a lot of information. Give you some time to think about it, process it. Let's, let's at least address the issue that, you know, originally was your concern. Uh, this other thing is real and legitimate, and we do need to address that, if not with me, eventually with somebody. But you still came back to fix my original problem. And that's a critical element, right? As, as experienced tradespeople, you know, it's, it's easy to get into the home and, and start looking around and see all these things going on and then forget about the real reason the person actually called you out there for. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I got, a, I got a leak in my pipe or my, my thermostat isn't working the way I want it to. Fix that, of yeah. course, and bare minimum. Sometimes you've got to know when to stop pushing, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't want to keep going and going and going. You know what? I'm going to give you a breather. Have a think about it, right? You definitely understand what I'm saying. Do some research. We'll have a chat about it later in the week. Fantastic. So, Joey, uh, you've mentioned uh, when we were off air that you have a big, um, I don't want to call it pride, but you're, you're very knowledgeable. Like you believe in what you believe because you have the backing of the code and experience and everything that follows it up. There's a lot of people out there that have that skill set. You know, there's a lot of electricians and, and tradespeople that, that have the code book memorized, there are third generation X, Y, Z. And like, you know, my daddy taught my grandfather and you know, all this stuff. And like, I know what I'm talking about. And while that is a extreme advantage in the home, it also can be to your detriment because you start throwing out lingo and jargon that people have no idea what you're talking about. You start coming off as pompous. Like I know better than you don't talk to me about my trade type of thing. So how have you learned to measure your good uh, skills and knowledge of electricity and all the things that go with it or whatever trade that you happen to be in, how have you learned to measure that and appropriately apply it to the conversation based upon how the homeowner is interacting with you and whatever situations you're encountering? Yeah, so you've got to be extremely confident in who you are and who you are as a person, right? Um, like I say, electrical work, in my opinion, there's only one way it can be done and one way only, and that's the correct way, right? And we're taught down at Service Minds, we are extremely, you know, our work is always on point. We do not tolerate any, you know, shady work. It has to be two code on point, right? So you always have those customers that, you know, well, you know, I, my brother was an electrician for 30 years. I dabbled in it. Oh, you know, 
Dave, Jim, come round, they do it, blah, yeah, I've got a handyman. <coughs> and I, I guess I I have a bit of a strict policy on this when it comes, and I think a lot of my customers see this, that I don't take any, I don't take any, um, you're not tell, You're not going to tell me it can be done a different way. I'm sorry, but it's not true, okay? This is how it should be. These are the reasons why. Here is the proof, okay? I stand behind what I'm saying. I stand behind what's going to get done. And I, will, I, I promise you, I am 100% right on that. I, I will prove it to you, right? Because um, once you start saying something, right, if you start saying something about a product or something, how it gets done, and you have a customer that starts saying other things, if you start backtracking on what you say, it looks bad, right? It looks like you don't know what you're talking about. Once you commit to saying something, well, first you have to know it's correct and true. Once you commit to saying something, you have to really 100% commit to, to and follow through with, no, this is it. This is how it has to get done. There's no other way it can get done. I'm sorry, but that... We're, we're going to get it permitted and inspected. It's going to be an inspection on this. We have to pattern inspection. This is what's required to get that done. Like, I know, it, hey, if you want to bring your brother over, he sounds like a great guy. He's, he's come over. He can, he can chill with us. And he can watch us do it. But I, honestly, like, I've been doing this for a long time. This is, my, this is my passion. This is how it gets done, and this is why it needs to get done this way. Confidence. It's only getting done this way. I'm sorry. That's it. Yeah, and that's agnostic to um, that's agnostic to you, right? Like that's that's just your your opinion of the trade to the homeowner. It doesn't matter if it's Joey or Brian or Frankie or Tom in front of them. That's the way that it's supposed to be done. You're simply the messenger that day, and when you portray it that way, like again, it's not Joey against the homeowner. It's no, this is just like, do you want your home to be in good condition? Do Technically you, the law. That too, right? Yeah, and then not just your home in good condition, but you start off with a great analogy, which is you compare it to the body, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, and you're saying this is the heart and these are the blood vessels, mm-hmm. capillaries. And uh, it's a it's a fantastic analogy because anyone can understand it and everyone knows it. And then when you're talking to, you know, Nate and, and his wife here, who was your, your elderly client earlier. Um, and I, I, I caught the opportunity to go back to that analogy again, if that's what you had used in the beginning when he started saying, you know, if it ain't broke, we don't fix it. You know, I'm the old school, uh, and that's how we live our lives and it's been working for all these years. So it's fine. And one way you sh- you can always be calling back to whatever analogy you start with, and one way to do that in that in that situation, and you know if they're in their seventies or whatever they they seem like they would be, they're familiar with the doctor, I'm sure, and, and you would say, you know, how's your heart working this morning? And he would say, well, you know, it's pumping blood, I'm alive, so it seems to be okay. But what if you went to the doctor tomorrow morning and he told you you had hypertension and extremely high blood pressure and we got to get you on these statins that are $75 a month and bring it down? What would you say to the doctor? I'm sorry. No, thank you. The, my heart's working fine. We're good to go. Or would you say, I got to figure out a way to get this $75 a month together so we can you know, get my blood pressure down? And this is the heart of your home. 
and and we're here to tell you that we got to get these statins in your home. And you looked up the Federal Pacific panel yourself and what did it tell you? And let him talk about that, you know. And then I would bring the wife in for that part too and say, how does this make you feel reading all this? And look at it from five different websites. And on his phone or their tablet or computer or whatever, not mine, because I want them to do their own research on this part here. And allow them the, the opportunity to, to voice how they feel about what they're reading. And then always, I would always say at that point, and something I always said myself was as a plumber was, you can use me to do it. I can get on the schedule for you today. Or you can use your regular plumber or electrician. I don't know, how, I don't know if we're your regular people and give them the opportunity to you know, rescue you there and say, oh, no, 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 you guys are our guys. But then give them the opportunity to get a second opinion too. Just say, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe what you're reading, I welcome you to get someone else out here to have a look at it. But even in the meantime, I would say, let's just get it on the schedule at least and uh, see about getting this thing done. More of a, you know, out of a concern for the, for this type of panel and this type of situation. It's like a, you know, we don't use this, this verbiage, but that kind of panel is a ticking time bomb, quote unquote, where it's, so it just hasn't gone yet. Right. But it is yeah. going to, it's, it's an anticipation, you know, you have to anticipate everything in life, every aspect of it. You have to anticipate something happening to prevent it. Right. It's like cancer. You know, if you catch cancer early enough, you have a chance. If you catch it late, less of a chance right um anticipation is, is key. and you know there are things you can do or avoid that will up your chances of not having cancer you know there's quit smoking knock it off right That's, and then there's the ultimate i know question. a lot of people just tuned out right there in the trades <laughs> when i said quit smoking but it is what it is there's the ultimate question which is what happens when that panel does fail you know and now me and marie are in the dark and it's hot and we're sweating and that could actually be a potential health challenge or concern a significant dangerous one to my family if the panel goes out and then the the ac goes out and you know the, the, furnace. Cell, the cell phone what or the furnace the cell phone wasn't charged so you know if i don't have a landline i'm not calling out like you know it just keeps going down the line right so that's the ultimate what happens if and in many ways the electrical trade kind of gets a bad rap for being the scary guys, you know, uh, you know, Oh, the fire, right. The F word, right. It's, it's fire. Um, and it's, it's sparks and danger and all this stuff. And homeowners, you know, I think some of that is legitimate because they're like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like any shocked. I don't like pulling off covers of things that I don't understand, but they're also guarded against it too, because there's not a fire behind every single every single cover, right? So how do you balance that and yet bring the right amount of legitimate concern with the right amount of like, okay, your, your home right. isn't going to catch on fire tomorrow. <clears throat> right. So what you have to understand about, so Federal Pacific panels, right? I think what people get a lot misled with is the panel is not, the panel's the problem, right? But that's not where the fire is going to start, okay? With Federal Pacific panels, it's the breakers of the issue. The breakers are known not to trip if there's an electrical hazard in the house, right? So if there's an electrical hazard in the house, the breaker's designed to trip, therefore eliminating the power to shut off any electricity going to it, right? So backstab connections are probably worst, the worst thing ever, right? Speak to the fire department. You could tell your customer to call the fire department, right? And just ask them 
How many dealings have you had where you've had fires that have come from an outlet and you can see the smoke up the wall, right? Ask any fire person that question, that a lot, right? Statistics are statistics, right? Um, so when you're talking about the panel, obviously, you know, the, the, these breakers, they, they don't trip, there's electric, you know, and also, again, you get back to the other end of the spectrum, um, look how, like, pull an outlet apart, right? You don't have to be an electrician to look at something and just go, whoa, that looks bad, right? If you pull an outlet out that's from the 70s, right, first and foremost, it's going to have flathead screws in it. So you can say, you know when something's old when it's still got flathead screws, That's good. right? Yeah. So you take them out, you pull it out, there's going to be so much cobwebs in there, bugs are going to fall out, it's going to have paint and drywall residue on it, which is flammable, right? It's going to look gross. So when they see it, they go, oh, that's in my house. That's what I'm plugging. That's what my daughter plugs her charger into, right? And I've got a panel that if there's ever an issue in there that looks like there's loads of issues already, the breaker's not going to trip. You've got to make, you've just got to make them understand. You can get technical all day. We could get technical all the time. But making them understand that if this looks like it's got loads of problems, my panel probably wouldn't shut off the power. Wait, my kids plug into that. Yeah. It's, it's game over. Let's get it done. Yeah, it makes it real. Let's get it done. Well, Joey, this has been a fantastic conversation. I've really enjoyed uh, hearing your story and the way that you go about doing things in the home. If people are interested in learning more about you or Mr. Sparky in Florida or anything that you're talking about today, is there a great way to get a hold of you? Absolutely. No, I'm always, always, you know, happy to help. That's, that's the environment that I'm in down in Florida as well. We help each other. Um, we have... Um, we have like probably once a quarterly all the because we have a lot of safety advisors a lot of top people we all get together um do some training with the, you know great minds um but yeah no i'm always happy to help um my number 954-865-8146 awesome questions just give me a call fantastic we appreciate that and as we bring things in for a landing here you know uh, you're well traveled you're well experienced you're you're certainly well adept to people and all the personalities that come with it. Uh, but there is a, a young generation that's trying to come up through things and we're excited for them and we're trying to get apprentices in and train them up through the ways and maybe not the same ways that uh, you did when you were a glitch in the system earlier. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you some stories off air as well. <laughs> <laughs> but into the trades nonetheless. And if you could reflect back upon, you know, yourself as a 20 something coming up through and you say, guys, this is the stuff that you need to focus on. These are the key elements. This is where you need to start. What's your advice to those guys? Learn your trade. Forget, you've got to perfect your trade. You've got to be good at it. The reason I sell is because I was good at what I did. I know how to do it. I know how it should go in. I know how to, you know, anyone can look at a couple of, white, a couple of lights there. It's super easy, get it done. Um, you've got to know how to, think outside the box and actually get stuff done in a different way. So when you're first starting, learn the trade. Just shut up, listen, perfect it, re repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. Be a good electrician. Then the rest will come. Awesome. Joey, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a privilege to have you on the show. Congratulations to your success in 2022, and we wish you well in 2023 and beyond. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate that you traveled all the way here from Florida to sit on a one-day 
of morning meeting, hang out with us, ride with Logan and Jamie a little bit and, and join the show in person because I invited you on for a phone call and you said, phone call. I'm coming out to your shop, mate. I'm, I'm better than a phone call. All right. <laughs> we agree. Come on. Absolutely. Uh, that's a wrap for this podcast. We hope that you enjoyed everything that you got to hear with Joey. It was great to hear his stories and uh, he's just a, a unique person and we can easily see why he's so successful in the field. Hope you picked up a couple of great aspects today about how to build relationship, how to be curious, how to use your skill and trade knowledge into the home as an advantage and overcome some of those objections that perhaps you're dealing with already. And as Joey said, the challenge there is to perfect your skill, become a good electrician and the rest will follow. We hope that this podcast is serving as part of that journey as it's encouraging you to not only learn your skill and your trade, but also your communication skills. And we want to keep challenging you with that every single week with new guests and new opportunities. That's it for this show. We hope that you're having a great week and that it's starting off good already. And we thank you for your listenership and appreciate anything that you can do to share the message out there. We leave you now with our weekly challenge, which is to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day.